Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Guy Rizzi to learn. Where will Alex Collins go on to play his college football? Well, uh, that's what I've been waiting for. I want to get this off my chest for a while now. All right. Uh, I would like to continue my athletic and academic career at uh, <laughs> the University of Arkansas. 8.30 to play in the first quarter. Straight eye now behind Allen. Kendrick Jackson is in at fullback. Alex Collins will dot the eye. Allen's under center on first down. Draw to Collins. Big hole inside the 15, inside the 10. Touchdown, Arkansas! Collins at real estate and then some 22 yards for six. You don't you know, chalk that up on the board. You don't put chalk that up and prepare for those type of situations. And just being us to hit with that adversity and being able to respond like that, I felt that was pretty awesome. 11-12 to play in the football game. Offset eye. Collins on a delay. Comes right side. Alex across the 20. Alex at the 30. And there he goes. Midfield. The 40. The 30. Collins at the 20. Alex at the 10. Five. Touchdown, Arkansas. Collins goes 84 yards, and the Hawks break it open. Collins is the running back. They load up on the right side. A three receiver bunch formation there. Allen gives it to Collins. Collins spins away in the backfield at the five. Touchdown, Arkansas. Collins spun away from the defense in the backfield, did the rest himself, and the Razorbacks are a PAT away from taking the lead. Brandon gets the snap. They fake a jet sweep, give it to Collins straight ahead. He's got room to the 40. Collins to midfield. The 40, the 30. Collins at the 20, to the 10, to the 5, to the pylon. Touchdown, Arkansas. Alex Collins, 80 yards, and the Hawks are up by two scores. You no, know, it wasn't about me. It was about my teammates, and um, they needed me to go no matter no matter what, so I just fought through the pain. Fourth down at 25. Razorbacks at the 40 in overtime. Ole Miss going to rush three, drop eight. Allen gets the snap. He's going to fire to the sideline, complete to Henry, but Hunter well shy of the first down. He's going to lateral it back. Ball's on the ground, picked up by Collins. Alex has got room at the 30, 25, 20. Collins at the 15, cuts back at the 10. This game's still alive, and the Hawks have a first down. Hunter Henry lateraled it back over his head, Keith, and we're still playing football. I was thinking the same thing as him, you know what I'm saying? After he pitched it back, you know, I'm thinking, you know, we got to get, get going here. And um, when I picked up the ball and I ran to the other side, you know, I didn't know where I was at on the field. I didn't know if I had the first or not. I didn't know what was going on. So I tried to uh, pitch it back too, yeah. And thinking that, because I didn't know where I was at on the field, I would feel bad, you know. Hunter did an outstanding lateral, and then me just to go down and not give me a lateral off, you know, would feel real bad, so I tried to get one going too. First and 10 at the 14 of Kansas State. Offset eye formation. Collins is the tailback. Alex gets the call straight ahead at the 10. Spins down to the 7. Still on his feet at the 5. Collins at the goal line. Touchdown, Arkansas! What a run by Alex Collins. 14 yards. He carried the Wildcats on his back. This is Out of Bounds with John Neighbors. Every time you put a mic in my face, I'm going to say Arkansas. And Joe Franklin. We won't go into shell. We won't go into attack mode because that's what's required. On 1037 The Buzz. One hour down, two hours to go. Appreciate everybody listening in on this beautiful day here in the great state of Arkansas. John Neighbors, Joe Franklin, broadcasting live from the Hogsmeade Market Studios with you today. And thank you, as always, for making us a part of your afternoon this afternoon as uh, we have been paying tribute and remembering one of the all-time great Razorback running backs, Alex Collins. Maybe one of the all-time great Razorbacks, period as he tragically passed away yesterday at the age of 28 in a motorcycle accident down in South Florida. And so it's a tragic, tragic thing, and definitely paying our respects and giving honor to uh, such a legendary player, not only on the field but off the field as well. So appreciate everybody listening in, and I know uh, we're going to have a lot of things to discuss here in this hour and in the next hour of Out of Bounds, so we're going to try to work through it. But joining us right now uh, here on the phone lines is someone who has been covering Arkansas athletics for a long time and uh, covered the uh, whole thing with Alex Collins and his recruitment, his time at Arkansas, and uh, still does it to this day. So let's go ahead and welcome in Dudley Dawson of hogville.net. And uh, Dudley, uh, really appreciate you joining us this afternoon, man. How you doing? 
Good, no problem. Uh, you know, I hate that it's the situation that we're going to talk about, but that's just one of the, the ways life works. It certainly hit uh, Razorback fans and the family, uh, you know, hard these last this last month. You know, really a little bit longer than that with these guys because they all were so young, and and you just you hate to hear. But man, he our lives were better because he was in it because he chose Arkansas. Yeah, and he was a guy that we've we've talked about many times uh, just today of what a unique individual he was because you know, some all-time greats, guys like uh, Darren McFadden, you know, he, but he grew up in Arkansas. Ryan Mallett, who grew up a Razorback fan, whatever it is, but to have a kid from South Florida, a four-borderline five-star running back, come to Arkansas not even be a great player, but just embrace everything about the state and about the culture here, he was just a very rare and unique individual that I think Razorback fans are going to be very fond of for the rest of their lives. Yeah, and one of the, the unique situations there, uh, you know, for, for Arkansas to be able to get him, uh, he was always great on the phone, always was very interested in Arkansas when they first made the push for him. Uh, you know, it's, it's well documented. Uh, we all remember that his mom wasn't necessarily on board with him, uh, uh, you know, coming to Arkansas. Wanted him to go to some place in, in uh, Florida and kind of took off with the, the National Letter of Intent. But, uh, you know, they got that all worked out. He came up here, had a great career. And I think one of the things that I've noticed the most uh, since he passed away is the amount of people who have gone on social media, his teammates, and talked about how how great a guy he was, how he was a hard worker, and he, he encouraged them to, to work hard because you didn't want to let him down, different things like that. So, you know, that says a lot to his character. And, and as we know, he was a really good guy who... Uh, uh, would go out of his way to take pictures with fans, to to go to classrooms, to encourage uh, kids, and he did that here at Arkansas and continued to do it while he was, uh, you know, playing professional football, which was great to see. Always smiling too, Dudley. That is something oh, that yes. uh, you think of with Alex Collins from the start. Is you see him, he's always smiling, always in a good mood, and just you know that was the kind of effect that he had on people would put them in a better mood and have them feeling good. Yeah, and you know, I, I, you know, that was certainly noticeable. And one thing I'm going to tell you, you know, John mentioned that I've been I've been covering Razorbacks for a long time. I guess almost 40 years now. And not every athlete wants to be interviewed. Not every athlete, uh, you know, when when they are interviewed, is is open and 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 willing to do things and spend as much time with you as you as you can. He was certainly one of those guys, and I think that also rubbed off on his teammates. Uh, in fact, uh, you know, I know a couple of teammates that uh, during his tenure here that uh, didn't give the greatest interviews in a certain situations, and uh, he talked to them about it, and he came back and apologized to the media for them not being, you know, sort of like he was in interviews. So he was being a leader in that aspect, not only on the field, but off the field as well. So, Dudley, of course, there's a lot of memories and things to choose from, and you've laid out a few of them, but... Uh, we were talking about the the what made him such a great running back on, on the field. You know, he, it's not to say he was slow, but he didn't have top end fifth gear speed. It wouldn't right, say he right. wasn't strong, but he didn't have the the brutality just running over guys. But it was almost the way he he used his jukes and his hips and the way he moved. He was so unique in that way. So when you think about what made him such a great player and a great running back, like what what made it? What what in your opinion made him that level? Well, he used math to me. He had geometrical angles and stuff. Well, he would not let you get a great hit on him. He was always uh, twisting and turning, as you said, cutting on a dime and stuff like that, and you never got a clear shot on him. And when you do that, and as, uh, you know, I want to say, I sound like you kids get out of my yard now, <laughs> but I want to say somewhere around the 2000s, people really quit wrapping up on tackles. And if you didn't wrap him up, then he was going to get out of that tackle and he would continue to, to go for yards. I mean, that's why he rushed for, you know, 15, close to 1,500 that one year. You you could not get him down unless you form tackled him and unless you met him at the, the line of scrimmage. Because if he got out in the open, he was going to river dance you, uh, for <laughs> lack of a better way to put it. He was going to use those quick feet and not allow you to be in position to get him down. I mean, it was, it was amazing. And I got to tell you that the... Uh, the river dancing thing was was great to cover because uh, he was he was all in there. I mean, he was all out in that. And, and because of that, also Dudley, um, we see sometimes when blocking breaks down and running backs getting hit in the backfield with Alex Collins, 
because of the way that he was shifting and, and moved, you never really saw that with him. He, he'd be able to juke and dodge defenders that were right there in front of him. Right, and, uh, you know, it, it was fun to watch, fun to cover. Uh, you know, I, I'm guessing it wasn't great to play against, and I assume that we're going to hear a lot of, uh, a lot of, you know, some of his uh, former competitors talk about that as, as this time goes on, that uh, was a guy that was just elusive. And I think I think I summed it up well. He wasn't that, I won't, I won't say strong. He was strong, but he wasn't the strongest guy. He wasn't the fastest guy. But he picked up yards, and there were a lot of other fast guys, a lot of other strong guys who did not get the yards he did because of the all the things that we just talked about, the combination of, of what he had. And he put in so much work to get there. Well, and another, just rely on the natural talent. Yeah, because yeah, another thing, Dudley, is, you know, you think about the, the fact that he was only one of four players in SEC history to run for a thousand yards in each of their first three seasons and of course joining Darren McFadden as one of them but Herschel Walker and Kevin Falk I mean that that's rare territory you're talking about so do you feel like maybe and here in Arkansas I feel like he gets revered but do you feel like maybe outside the state that he's maybe underrated undervalued maybe not looked upon as some of the other guys too and if so why is that to a certain extent, and I'll say that in the, in the whole of college football, certainly not the SEC, that the fans and his competitors that saw him, the other coaches that saw him play or went up against him, I think they, he was certainly as respected as you can be. But I do think you're right that for whatever reason, and maybe it was because Arkansas was good then, but, you know, not not at the top tier of the elite college football. So, so really, to a certain extent, uh, you know, that's why Darren McFadden didn't get the Heisman over Tim Tebow uh, when he had a better season. And I think that's kind of the similar thing here, that uh, he didn't get as much publicity outside of the SEC that maybe he should because Arkansas wasn't battling for the national title. But, uh, you know, again, the uh, just a kid that, uh, and I guess he's, he was 28 when he passed, but uh, they're still all kids to me, you know. Uh, just that it was great to be around. And uh, when you look back on the history of Arkansas football, we're always going to see him on that play with the Hunter Heave. He ended up getting the first down. There were so many great plays, but much like uh, my late friend Charles Ballantyne, when you are involved in a play like that, you're always remembered for it. Charles was remembered for the shot, even though he did a lot of other things, and Alex was remembered you know, a lot for that play, even though he contributed so much in so many games for Arkansas over the years. Alex Collins was still playing football this past season, and another thing, it shows the hard work that he put in, you know, originally drafted by the Seahawks. He made his way to the Ravens and eventually went back to the Seahawks, and it just shows how how much he put the work in to continue to uh, just be better and, and make a roster and find a spot no matter where it was. Yeah, a great picture of him and uh, and Ryan Mallet, uh, both in Baltimore uh, Ravens jerseys that, that I saw. That, that, that the uh, you hate to lose those two guys, but you know I think work ethic was something that definitely was was a deal with him. And I don't know that there's a lot of people that would uh, you know at 28 you know go back to the, and try the XFL with the Memphis Showboats, which is what you know his last uh, attempt was. And uh, but uh, he always wanted to stay busy. He always had that hardworking mentality. And he loved the game of football. I mean, that was, that was absolutely one thing you definitely can say. He loved the game of football. Speaking with Dudley Dawson of Hogville.net here on the phone lines. Now, Dudley, uh, I know uh, we've talked a lot about Alex Collins, but uh, I do want your opinion just since we have a few minutes left with you on uh, everything that's going on with Razorback Fall Camp. We had a chance to hear from the tight end yesterday, and we had an offensive line with Cody Kennedy and some of the offensive linemen here today. But uh, just since you've been covering it and everything, what's just been some of maybe your overall takeaways with Razorback Fall Camp, specifically with the tight ends, because that's a position that we know Arkansas has had a lot of success in and a lot of great ones, but hasn't had the same success over the past few years. They have a phenomenal coach who sent a lot of people on to the NFL and uh, Coach Turner that, uh, you know, he's a tight end coaches in the country. And uh, he has a room full, room to work with now. That was not the case last year. They had several hardworking guys who came in and got stuff done, but they have talent in the, that room now with the freshmen, uh, you know, and, and also Gums coming in. Uh, so he now has room to work, and we're going to see – 
I mean, I definitely there's going to be so many two tight end sets on that football field this year while still running an open and wide open offense that I think is needed in the type of football that both uh, Sam Pittman wants to play and the type of football you have to play in the SEC. You can throw it all over the place, but you got to be able to line up, get uh, third and two, fourth and three if, that, if you're going to run it. You've got to be able to. I think that uh, with the offensive linemen that Arkansas has now, and again, they, they don't have as much experience as, had, as they have, but I think they get a higher ceiling. And then the tight ends, you just, uh, you know, they look like uh, threats this year when that was really not something that you had to worry about too much. Has one of these tight ends stood out so far as uh, the guy, or is it going to be more of a tight end by committee? Who would you expect to emerge as, as that number one tight end if there is going to be one? Because he's already played uh, Division One college football, because he's uh, you know a guy who can both block at the line of scrimmage and both catch footballs, I think Gums is your guy right now. If you're looking for somebody you know to, to kind of man that position and be the be the first guy, but he's going to be pushed, and that's a great thing. He's going to be pushed by the the two freshmen, Shamar Easter and and uh, Luke Haas, as well as some other guys they've got in that room. So they are they're in a great spot with that right now. Uh, but yeah, I, I think you look at a guy who's played Division One football and played it well, and he was wanted by many schools. Uh, so I think Gums is your guy that you point to right now. But he's he's going to get better this year because he's going to be pushed by those other guys. Also, Dudley, uh, with the offensive line, uh, getting a chance to talk with him today, and of course Cody Kennedy. But uh, one thing that Sam Pittman said on this mm-hmm. scrimmage on Saturday is that uh, he's, he's there were some concerns with pass protection. Which never something you want to hear. You can have all the great skill position players in KJ, but if you can't protect them, it doesn't mean much. But uh, what do you think are some of maybe the issues going on there with offensive line as they're trying to figure all this out and make sure they get the right five guys out there? I'm gonna be honest with you about one thing. They didn't have to worry about blocking too many guys over there that could get penetration during both the run game and and uh, during uh, you know resting the passer. Uh, it wasn't good last year. Uh, I think. We also had uh, lots of individual athletes to work and get a ton of guys with defensive line, ton of guys at defense to to do what they wanted to with the new, two new defensive coordinators uh, to be able to put pressure, to be able to do the line of script. That I think one of the, you know people may get upset, but I think one of the things that's happening there is they they're having to block better people on that side of the line, and it's it's harder for them. What's standing out so far in, in fall camp, just as a whole, from the team? Well, I tell you, that I think maybe the number one thing to me is that uh, we all know that when uh, KJ went down last year, they, they were going to suffer. That there just wasn't enough people in that quarterback room with experience or enough talent for them to to be able to succeed at the level they needed to do. I mean, you go down to... Was it, uh, I, I forget, Ole Miss or Mississippi State, where they went and just didn't, you know, had a couple of great runs by by the young quarterback, but they just wasn't there ready for a full-time thing. You look at this year's quarterback room, and your fifth guy may be better than your second guy was last year. Uh, and, and Jacoby Criswell's looked great. Malachi Singleton has looked very good. You've also got the, the young man from from uh, Georgia that's, that's uh, Fortin, Cade Fortin, that uh, looks much better this year uh, in, the, in the, the practices I've been able to see. I think that's the biggest strong point. No, you do not want KJ to go down. You're a better football team. KJ stays upright, but it's not going to be the massive, massive drop-off that it was last year. Yeah. If that happens. Yeah, because I was looking at it, Dudley. There's not been many times where Arkansas, just over the past 10 to 15 years, has not had to have their backup quarterback come in at some point in time. So it's almost like people kind of take it for granted of how important that position has truly become. It always has been, but especially nowadays. Yeah, and I think you're going to see, because this is going to be KJ's last year either way, and I think early, especially in those first three games, I think you'll see KJ and, and the team do fairly well, and then Griswell get in there, and I think you'll see uh, Singleton play uh Four games, uh, you know, I would suspect that he'll be red, you know, red-shirted, so you can have him around for longer. But you know, I don't, I don't think a lot of people understand that kid's six-two, two-thirty-two. He's not frail, and uh, he's got great speed. Obviously, very strong. Uh, 
But, yeah, I, I think that's the biggest thing because when you went out there last year to uh, to watch practice, and i got to be honest, people were raving about the backup quarterback. He was supposed to be the, the guy. K.J.'s not going to be the guy. We are where they're in practice going, nah, you know, I don't think so. You know, boy, he can run, but, you know, it's, it's not one of those things that you really felt confident that things were going to work out well. I do this year to this point. Uh, always when you you go up against your own team, you have to, to temper expectations a little bit. But I do see that as maybe the, the biggest step on a football team, even though the defensive backs, the defensive line, and others have made strong strides as well. I do think that that's, uh, the quarterback depth is very cool and it's something that uh, you know fans should be excited about. Well, Dudley, before we get out of here, we also got to give you a congratulations because on Thursday night, you were one of four inductees into the Newport Hall of Fame. So how about that, Dudley? Congrats, man. Yeah, very very proud about that. Very humbled and and speechless, which is not really something that, that you know has been equated with me too much, <laughs> but very excited about it. It was a, it was a great time. I missed uh, Charles not being there, but... Uh, you know, he, he was he's as excited as I was for it happening. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it just it means a lot to me. Uh, certainly I'd like to be in the Broadcasting or Writing Hall of Fame, but uh, the fact that the people who I grew up with who helped, uh, you know, mold my character and round me into shape uh, honored me with that uh, was just pretty doggone cool. And, and uh, you know, my... My wife has reminded me that uh, Hall of Famers still have to take out the trash. <laughs> Hall of Famers still have to do the, the laundry and stuff. But, you know, but I do it, and I do it with a hat on, and I do it uh, with the hashtag HOF. So. That's big time, Dudley. Congrats. Yeah, absolutely, Dudley. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Hey, we, we appreciate it, man. Have a great week, and we'll be catching up with you here soon, all right? Sounds good. Thank you, guys. All right. Appreciate it. Again, that was Dudley Dawson of Hogville.net joining us. We got more Out of Bounds on Trigger Tuesday coming up next. Stay with us. Edgar Award-winning author and Arkansas native E.Y. Craner joins the zone every Tuesday courtesy of Jackalope Cycling. Jackalope Cycling in Russellville is there with bike rentals and service. Camping gear, fishing accessories, whatever gets you excited about the outdoors. E.Y. Craner Tuesday in the Zone, brought to you by Jackalope Cycling. Check them out online at jackalopecycling.com. This is SportsCenter. Arkansas football fall camp continues. Yesterday it was the tight end's turn to speak to the media. Francis Sherman from Louisville and Barkey's Guns from North Texas talked about why they chose to come to Arkansas. I mean, have you ever interacted with Coach Pittman? Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah, Coach Pittman and just, I had just saw the offense and I was like, yeah, this got to be the place for tight ends and it fit tight ends well. Arkansas practices again today. Stay tuned to the buzz for updates from camp. And former Arkansas running back Alex Collins has passed away at the age of 28. Collins played at Arkansas for three years, totaling 3,703 rushing yards and 36 rushing touchdowns. He finished his career as the second all-time leading rusher at Arkansas behind Darren McFadden. I'm Christian Weaver with the Buzz Radio Network. Erectile dysfunction is a very serious medical issue. It affects over 60% of men over 45. This can be caused from low testosterone, high blood pressure, diabetes, prostate issues, and high cholesterol. The staff at the Little Rock Men's Clinic are specialists in treating these issues. Our medical specialists will determine your specific problem and develop a treatment plan for your specific needs. Our treatments have helped thousands of men with a 96% success rate. Call the Little Rock Men's Clinic at 501-382-9516. For August, our office visit it is only $79. That includes your exam, blood work, and testos. If our specialist can't prove to you that the treatment works, your office visit is absolutely free. I am 58 years old, I have more energy, and I am performing like I am 21 again. I feel amazing. Come to the Little Rock Men's Clinic. We treat low T, ED, Peyronie's disease, and offer a male enhancement procedure. Call the Little Rock Men's Clinic at 501-382-9516. That's 501-382-9516. Or visit littlerockmensclinic.com. From sales, service, parts, and rental equipment, River Valley Tractor does it all and does it right. Your leading Kubota dealer is right around the corner with five locations throughout Central Arkansas. 
River Valley Tractor, serving Central Arkansas and Bryant, Sherwood, Conway, Russellville, and Pine Bluff. Work smarter this year, not harder, with River Valley Tractor. Online at rivervalleytractor.com. River Valley Tractor, closer than you think. From the same ownership that brought you Whitehall Fresh Market, now comes Prime Fresh Market in Sheridan. Still that same authentic meat market with the best selection of quality meats as well as one-on-one personal service. Prime Fresh Market, located on the Sheridan Bypass, is Grant County's newest home for a huge variety of seafood. Fresh cooked-to-go dishes, salad bar options, deli sandwiches, seafood boils, and the best quality meat selections around. All this along, of course, with a legendary lunch buffet. It can be found in Sheridan at Prime Fresh Market. Look them up on Facebook today. RJ Hawk here with Chris Roberts from Southern Bank. And Chris, I know interest rates are high right now. That's what everybody's talking about. But if you're thinking about a project, whether it be a commercial project or you want to build a house, now's the time to come talk to you about what those future plans may look like. You know, RJ, no matter what the business environment may be, we're always there to sit down with our customers and talk about their future plans and what's going on with their businesses. And that's one thing about Southern Bank is they're a community bank. They want to be your partner. Partnering with our customers is a key to how we do business. And Chris, you know, we talk about those interest rates being high, but the one good news out of that is deposit rates. We have some great CD and checking account rates. Just give us a call and see what one of our personal bankers can do for you. If you want more information about interest rates or those deposit rates that we just talked about, call Chris and his team today at 501-424-0900 or go online at bankwithsouthern.com. Southern Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Same great deals, all new location for Hogs Meat Market in North Little Rock at 3901 JFK Boulevard. Call them today at 501-758-7700 for all their specials at Hogs Meat Market. The Steak People. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. Y'all better put him in the Heisman. You better put him up there. I'm tired of him being number three, number four. We got that wood right here, baby. Somebody better look at this guy. He's the best football player in the country, and his name's not being mentioned. Lou Holtz, Mark May, number five. You better look at him a little closer. He's a football player. On 103.7 The Buzz. Out of bounds here on a Trigger Tuesday. Appreciate everybody listening in this afternoon. If you want in on the conversation, all you got to do is call or text in at 501-661-1037. Get after us in the Asher Record Live Fan Feedback. After me on Twitter at BuzzJohnNeighbors. And uh, we're going to have Trigger Tuesday as far as what's bothering us in the world of sports later in the show, too. And uh, we have some other headlines that we're going to jump into as well. And uh, hopefully we'll hear from Austin Allen here soon, uh, waiting to get around his schedule. But if not, that's okay, too, because we'll still have some some really good stuff to talk about. Uh, but uh, I, I do want to say, you know, the story we talked about yesterday with uh, the Blindside movie with Michael Orr and SJ or the, the Tui family, and uh, the it's not a lawsuit, it's just a petition that's been filed, and it's kind of ramped up a little bit. Uh, no significant updates at this point in time. As far as uh, any any sort of statements and whatnot, but uh, it looks like here is the latest thing. And thanks, Rebecca, for tweeting this at us. Uh, according to TMZ, the Tui family is now claiming Michael Orr attempted a fifteen million dollars shakedown before the court filing. Is what they're claiming. <laughs> it's going to keep getting ugly and getting interesting. Yep, a lot of fingers getting pointed <laughs> back and forth, lobbing shots. Uh, but they said that he uh, that uh, the family says before or, uh, Michael Orr made outlandish and hurtful and absurd claims about them, he actually tried to shake them down for $15 million. Uh, Marty Singer, who is the family attorney, said it all happened recently, and what's worse, he claimed that this is not the first time that Michael Orr has done this. So I guess that they're uh, saying that that's, uh, they're trying to plant a negative story about them in the press to put some added pressure on them and everything, but... Uh, the family has denied all of the allegations made by the court filing, explaining that Sean and Leanne, Leanne Tui absolutely did not trick the former NFL star to get into a conservatorship when he was 18 years old, as he claimed. So, 
All right, fifteen mil, huh? Mm-hmm. Fifteen million. Just a drop in the bucket from the two hundred that they <laughs> yeah <laughs> they got with selling some franchises. So yeah. yeah, why couldn't he get a little small portion of that? Throw throw a little bone his way, you know. Let him let him have a little bit of it. Uh, but that that's the latest. But here's the thing, uh, actually, uh, S.J. Tui, who is the the kid in the movie, and uh, for those of you not may not remember, he was actually on staff at the University of Arkansas in football under Chad Morris. Uh, now he's at UCF under Gus Malzahn, so all the connections being made. But he went on Barstool Sports in one of their podcasts yesterday. Yeah, they haven't said anything publicly until right now here, but also he was able to go on uh, the podcast and kind of explain things a little bit more of possibly the reasons why it's this way, or at least how he feels about it, but also being very careful to not say anything that could get him uh, in trouble with the court of law. He had issues, was, was suing other entities, then finds out that he wasn't technically adopted, but it's a conservatorship, and that's when he puts you guys in the, in the crosshairs. Again, I don't, I don't want to speak to things here. Well, let me, I'm going to preface in case someone says this, this, this freaking guy, I'm not going to listen to him anymore. I'm, I'm going to preface by saying that um, I, I love Mike at 16. I love Mike at now he's, what, 16 and a half years old, 37. Um, and I love him at 67. So there, there's not going to be any legal dossier or, or um, thing that happens that's going to maybe, you know, go like, screw that guy. It's, it's not the case. I'll, I'll be mad at him. Um, but to your initial point, no, I mean, if he says he learned that in February, I find that hard to believe. There's, so I went back to my text today to look at. Uh, I was curious today, randomly, to go back to look at our family group texts and, and text to see what things had been said. And there were things back in 2020, 2021 that, that were like, you know, if you guys give me this much, then I won't go public with things. And um, So I don't know that's true. I think everyone learned in the past year about the, the conservative stuff because of Britney Spears, so maybe that's the case. Um, but I, I don't, I mean, it doesn't. So when did, if you're saying there was 2020, 2021, old text potentially where he's like I won't go public, he wants this, that when did the relationship, sounds like it deteriorated clearly, is it around the movie, like is there a moment like when did the relationship and you made very clear like you you're, you can be mad and still love a guy but like when did the relationship between your family and, and Michael start to deteriorate um you know, I, 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 again today looking back at texts, when I was leaving Liberty to come to UCF uh, to where I work in, in college football uh, I was kind of torn. I liked, had a good situation in Lynchburg, and uh, I worked for a guy that Mike and I both knew. And, and if you read Mike's new book, he obviously hypes up Coach Freeze a lot. Um, and I remember texting him and I asked for like advice, and there was like profound, good brotherly advice in the text that he sent on that day. And then like the next text is like something kind of completely different. So it wasn't, I don't think, one moment. And I, I'm hopeful that it, it won't be that forever as it is. But um, yeah, I think when he stopped playing and, and everything kind of settled down, and I, I don't know the exact time. Uh, that, that'd be a question for him. There obviously is a time because you can go back and look at social media posts from 2015, 16, 17, other things fine and dandy, and, and um, I think it built up over time for him. And it's hard when you talk, talk about people's money. The, the bonds I made a lot of money. Uh, I, I wish uh, I, the, the first lawsuit that he's pissed about that he didn't get it. I'm like, man, I hope you win every dollar that, that you get. That's great crap because then I can do the same thing. Uh, obviously, he's the star, but there is no story without without him. He he is um, the star of, of everything he's done in his life. But I'm like, man, the, the same thing these 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 writers and actors are pissed about now. It's not crazy different. He wants more royalties and wants to say, I mean, the, the Hollywood is going to screw people out of their their deal. So I was like, all for it um, initially, and still am. Man, I hope he gets everything that's entitled to him legally. Uh, but I, I don't think it's going to come in the form of the ESPN story today. So that was S.J. Tui speaking on Barstool Radio about the situation with Michael Warren. Uh, you know, he's coming from one source and everything, but uh, from what it sounds like, what it gathers is uh, most of the time that this has happened, which apparently he's been upset, Michael Orr, that is, upset a, a few times. It's been mainly at the production companies, movie companies, and, and things like that. But uh, I guess in, in this position, uh, it looks like that he has uh, included the family into this and trying to... Uh, gets get what he believes he deserves and what's right in his mind. Yeah, so that's what SJ2 is saying, that he should be going after the studios instead of after the family. And then he says, and in that sense, then the family could get after the studio. So why don't they get together like they once were, and then they both go after the studio? They could figure that out, be a joint effort, like go from both sides and, and really have it happen. So... Yeah, I I really don't know what to make with the, of this. To be honest, uh, I did see 
Another thing that the uh, the attorney of the Tui family said, uh, a little humble brag and weird flex, but it says, quote, the notion that a couple worth hundreds of millions of dollars would connive to withhold a few thousand dollars in profit participation payments from anyone, let alone, let alone a someone that they loved as a son, defies belief. <laughs> like, yeah, these people have hundreds of millions of dollars, and to withhold a few thousand dollars from their son... That just doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. When are we going to hear from Michael Orr's attorney? Yeah. Like, we've heard his allegations, but when are we going to hear from his attorney and what they have to say? Probably give it five minutes, because <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it'll be coming out here soon in some sort of response. But here's the thing, too. Like, I think the, the zone was talking about, it too, but like, somebody, like, you got evidence of all this stuff, right? Because if you're saying, oh, this has happened before, or he was coming after us for. Uh, for $15 million before. Okay, so there has to, there should be emails or text or whatever showing that. And the same thing with Michael Orr. If what was going on, I know that was further back, but if what was going on and, and what you said was going on, if there's any evidence of it, then it should, there should be no problems. Like, there should be, I was like, it's, it seems like it's pretty black and white as far as the evidence that they could present of one person being right and one person being right. Yeah, it'll all be documented, and there will be a paper trail with money. If there was money involved, money that exchanged between the family and the attorney and uh, the writer, that'll all be documented. And then if Michael Orr wasn't included on any of that, It'll all be there. Yeah. And then you'll you'll know the story. You'll know the, the end of it. But I guess the question that poses is what what ends up being the result of this? Is this something that gets settled off you know, off off the record and maybe nobody hears about it again eventually? Or is it something that uh it, does somebody get destroyed or does somebody get hurt from this because of them throwing out lies that aren't true? I I don't know what is gonna end up being the, the full result of all of this. But it is a sad story. It really is. I mean, it's got some ridiculousness to it that I find funny. But it's it's a sad thing because, you know, the, the movie and the story seemed like such a perfect little thing. And now it's, and a lot of people's eyes have kind of been tainted away where it's like, okay, so how much of that story was actually supposed to be the feel-good story we were told it to be? Because it looks like there was a little bit more shenanigans going on behind the scenes. <laughs> shenanigans. Yeah. Looks like there was some that's things. A, that's a nice word to put on it. Because that's the way I look at it. It's like, man, come on. Like you're, you're, Because Michael Orr is talking about the conservatorship, and they were saying, well, you know, we did that because of the fact that in order for him to get the driver's license and, and for him to, to get a scholarship, we know we couldn't come across as the boosters of Ole Miss when he went to Ole Miss. You know, so we, we couldn't do that. It's like, but yeah, I mean, but, that, that makes sense from a booster standpoint that – he wasn't led to go to Ole Miss, and he had options. But, um, yeah, um, if there was a conservatorship, then there'll be paperwork on that also as far as the the money that he had coming in, if it was tied to his NFL contract at one time, and if they oversaw the money from that and how it was dispersed. So all of that will be there for somebody to sort it out. Yeah, it's gonna. I think eventually it'll get sorted out. I don't know who's gonna win. I'm not rooting for any side of it all. It's just more of a fascinating story and a sad deal. But I don't know. My my, cause just because I didn't like, do not like that movie at all, and I really don't like Ole Miss, and I don't like the whole premise of it all. Part of me was just kind of hoping that it comes out that they were actually uh, con- like actually conniving behind the scenes to get this great player to go to Ole Miss, and you know there, there was some sort of problems there, but. That's not the case. I'm just saying that there's... I feel like there's probably a little bit maybe to both sides, you know? Like, was it the truth's in the middle? Maybe it's not directly in the middle, but I'm sure that there's some things that have been going on that maybe uh, both sides need to address and and make right. But I don't know what's going to happen. $15 million? I don't even know how much money Michael Orr made in the NFL. I'm sure he's a good amount. Yeah, we can find it out, but he is a Super Bowl champion with the Baltimore Ravens. That's right. How about that? Because he's, he's not in the league anymore, right? He's no, okay. no he hasn't thought. played since 2016. Okay, so yeah, it's been a minute, but I don't know. We'll keep you updated on this story, but still a crazy one nonetheless. we got a lot more Out of Bounds and a Razor Hog update presented by True Service next, so stay with us. Community Federal Credit Union. Summer's coming to an end soon, and so will the great summer auto loan special from Alcoa Community Federal Credit Union. Hurry to take advantage of rates as low as 2.49%. 84 months financing and no payments for 90 days. Apply online at alcoacommunityfcu.org. This is Pat Bradley for Brewskies. Sometimes you just gotta have some wings. 
And with buffalo, barbecue, teriyaki, Cajun buffalo, lemon honey, garlic parmesan, mango habanero, lemon pepper, pineapple habanero, honey hot, and Brewski's Reaper, you know where to find them. Brewski's, you're home for lunch, happy hour, and late night. It's Taco Tuesday at Brewski's. $1.50 street tacos, $5 signature 22-ounce margaritas, $3 Jose shots, and trivia at 7 p.m. Taco Tuesday at Brewski's. August is here, and so is the start of spooky season. Stores are packed with Halloween decor, candy, and costumes. And car dealerships are flaunting interest rates that would scare Freddy Krueger. It's not that way at Guadney Buick GMC, next to Sam's in North Little Rock. Guadney's offering rates as low as 0.9%. This year, say no to candy corn, circus peanuts, licorice, and four-cylinder full-size trucks. Guadney Buick GMC's trucks have too many features, too much power, and and twice the cylinders. Why go buy a full-size truck with a four-cylinder when you can get the 5.3-liter V8 with an additional 3250 off at Guadney Buick GMC? Buying a car doesn't have to be scary, and shopping at Guadney never is. 5700 Landers Road in North Little Rock. Call 501-945-4444. GuadneyBuickGMC.com. GMC, we are professional grade. All offers with approved credit. Guadney for Buick, Guadney for GMC, Guadney for life. Pickup truck, sports car, motorcycle, minivan, townhouse, two-story, farmhouse, fixer-upper. What you drive and where you live is different for everyone, so it's important to have insurance that fits your needs and is just right for you. At Shelter Insurance, we understand that, which is why our agents help you design a comprehensive auto, home, and life insurance plan. Insurance that fits just right. See Shelter Agent Richard Yeager in Little Rock or Todd Martin or Seth Boyd in Jacksonville. Hi folks, it's Chris Zender here at Frank Fletcher Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram in Sherwood. It's August and the deals are hotter than ever at Fletcher Dodge in Sherwood. We have $10,000 discounts on all 23 Ram Limiteds, Rebels, and Longhorns. But that's not all. Get up to $4,000 off new Grand Cherokees plus 2.9% financing for 72 months. And we have employee pricing on new Jeep Gladiator Sport combined with 1.9% financing plus no payments for 90 days. If you ever wanted a Gladiator, now the time. Come see us today for the deal of a lifetime on new Dodge Chrysler Jeep or Ram. Just tell us what you're looking for and we'll make you a deal. Folks, we need your trade-in so we're paying way over book value for trades. At Fletcher Dodge, you always get the best price, the lowest finance rate, and more for your trade. We also promise you a hassle-free buying experience, so come see us and give us a chance to earn your business. Shop Fletcher Dodge and Sherwood before you buy anywhere else. Come see us in person at Fletcher Dodge on Warden Road in Sherwood or shop online at FletcherDeals.com. Sometimes the best summer getaway is the journey to the getaway. Start your summer road trip adventure at Hyundai. Now during the getaway sales event. Hurry in for great deals on many models, all backed by America's best warranty. It's your journey. Own every mile at the Hyundai getaway sales event. Right now, get the Tucson or Santa Fe with up to 2,500 total savings. Visit your local Hyundai dealer today. For well-qualified buyers only, offer ends 9523. Call 469-613-0227 for more details. Stay up to date with the latest Razorback news with the Red White Report every weekday with Justin and Wes on The Zone. Brought to you by Big Old Tires with locations in Cabot and Conway. Fire up the grill this summer with the highest quality of meats from Hogs Meat Market and their new location off JFK Boulevard in North Little Rock. Hogs Meat Market, the steak people. You're listening to Out of Bounds with John Neighbors and Joe Franklin. We might run into some chop. Chop? <laughs> we could handle chop, right? I mean, it's a 170-foot yacht. No, no, no. We're not going anywhere unless he says it's safe. All right? It's don't safe. worry about it's the safe. chop. You don't know about chop. Oh, really? And you do? Chop your credit card in half. How about that? On 1037 The Buzz. Out of Bounds here on a Trigger Tuesday, folks. But one thing that's never going to trigger us here on Out of Bounds is Guatney Chevrolet. Listen, you've heard the news. So many Chevys are flying out of Guatney Chevrolet. And that the Arkansas Freeway Patrol has finally put up traffic cameras to be on the lookout for them. One look at a Guatney Chevrolet's August offers, and it's easy to see why. Because this month, 
2023 Equinox, you get $2,500 off with 1.9% interest. And you get a 2023 High Country with over $6,000 off. How about this? A 2023 Silverado RST as much as $9,000 off. So the, the dollars are just coming off on all these vehicles. Plus, everyone has heard of endless offers to trade your cell phone for the latest cell phone model. We've all done that, right? Why trade your phone for another phone when this month you can trade your phone towards a new vehicle? You might not have a down payment, but odds are you have an old phone. This ride, this or this month, your trade-in phone is worth $500 towards your next ride. And this month, everyone is approved for it. So you got to check it out with Guatney Chevrolet. Again, new Silverado and Equinox is at 1.9%. And you have $2,500 off the new Equinox as well as $9,000 up to for the new Silverado. So no matter what it is, Guatney Chevrolet has you covered as they are Arkansas's number one Chevy dealer. You can check them out right there off the Gregory Street exit in Jacksonville at 1301 TP White Drive. But you can also shop them online. Check out all the inventory that they have there, too. No matter what it is or how it is or what you're going to do with it, you got to make it happen with Guatney Chevrolet and GuatneyChevrolet.com. Again, it's Trigger Tuesday. We'll get to that in the next hour as, uh, again, we've been talking about uh, Alex Collins and the, the passing of him and then, of course, the uh, situation with the, the Tui family and the blind side and just uh, kind of a messy deal there, too. But behind all of that, though, Razorback Fall Camp, is indeed still going on, and there are a few things that we got to hear from when it comes to the tight end position. So let's go ahead and jump into your Razor Aug update presented by True Service. Guys, I've got just one thing I want to say to you. Touchdown, Arkansas! Arkansas wins the national championship! The Arkansas Razorbacks have completed the dream season! This is your Razor Hog Update on Out of Bounds, presented by True Service Community Federal Credit Union, where they offer new mortgage loans, refinancing, auto loans, and small business loans. Online at trueservice.net. All right, so for your Razor Hog Update, new tight end coach Morgan Turner. Haven't heard a lot from him, but... Definitely know that the tight end position is one of note that they're trying to improve on. And two guys that have really been showing out have been both Tyrus Washington and Luke Haas. But Luke Haas being the true freshman, how's it coming along for him? Yeah, he just comes comes to work every day. Um, works hard. I mean, works on his route running. Try to build that relationship with KJ. Um, and then he'll compete, go up and get balls, and, and just make plays when they're available to him. Also with Tyrus Washington, a guy that is one of the few tight ends that's still on the team. He likes what uh, he's been bringing, especially being a seasoned veteran guy from the Razorbacks last season. Yeah, I think he's taken a big jump since spring. Um, he's come every day, focused, locked in, um, and not worried about anything else. And when the ball comes his way, he's making plays. And, that, and that's that's all we need to do, take advantage of any opportunity you have. He's done a good job there. Man, a very few words, but he's directly to the point. And Ty, speaking of Ty Washington, uh, one of the things that he has felt with all the additions, though, with his tight end position is maybe a little bit of extra pressure or – Maybe it's a little bit better for the competition. Just focus on myself because I don't like a lot of people get caught up in who's coming in, whatever that. Just focus on yourself and most likely help the team better, to be honest. Like, if they coming in, you got to help them. Either way, it can't just be two tight ends on the field. We run a lot of 12 personnel, so we're going to rotate either way. So how I feel about it, they focus on themselves. If they need help, I got them or I'll help them or anyway. We just, it's a brotherhood. It don't really matter. Speaking of the focus that he's on, uh, this is what he's been focused on in the offseason itself. Right now, I've just been focusing on finishing catches, finishing blocks, putting people on the ground, and just being more physical and leading the way for other guys and being a better leader all around for transfers, freshmen, whoever here. Just trying to be a leader since back's here right now, but back's going to be here next year, and I'm trying to be that guy for the guys when they're not here. And also a little fascinating tidbit here when he's asked about the offense and the difference that the offense has been from last season to this season, especially with the tight end position. Oh, a lot of more details. I think details are very, like, big in the game. Like, I know our last offense, they'll tell you, like, go get that guy. But, like, this one, they'll tell you how to get to that guy, how to combo to that guy, or, like, help your tackle and get to that guy. It's just a lot of more small details that he knows about the game that help, like, makes it easier and helps the offense better and helps everyone else better. And yeah, we certainly hope so with the offense trying to continue to build and get better. But Francis Sherman's another tight end that has been making the rounds of discussion when it comes to fall camp. Uh, the transfer as well from Louisville, no one's talking about him, but he's been blowing it up. And uh, one thing that uh, when we had a chance to talk to him yesterday, he was asked about uh, K.J. Jefferson himself and what it's like playing with him. It's weird seeing a quarterback bigger than me. 
I mean, that's the first thing. But, I mean, you can just tell he knows what he's doing. And then, I mean, earlier on in summer, I didn't really know what I was doing. And every time I asked him, he told me easily what to do. He knew exactly what to do. And he wasn't, like, demeaning about it. He kind of understood that, hey, I've been here for a week and a half, and I don't really know anybody. But he was always very eager to help and kind of take that extra mile. Yeah, I was looking at it uh, as far as uh, Francis Sherman goes. He's 6'3", 247 pounds. And uh, K.J. Jefferson's about 6'3", similar to that. But, man, when you, if he's saying that he's bigger than me and this guy's 6'3", 247, that just shows you how uh, big of a dude K.J. Jefferson actually is. But Barquise Gum was the other tight end that transferred from North Texas. And since they were there in the room, they were just asked a simple question of why did they decide to come to the University of Arkansas where – in the transfer portal, they probably had a lot of other offers at other, other places, too. I mean, have you ever interacted with Coach Pittman? Yes. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah, Coach Pittman, and just I had just saw the offense, and I was like, yeah, this got to be the place for tight ends, and it fit tight ends well. So it was as simple as that with Sam Pittman and the style and the philosophy and how it fits the tight ends. That's what it's all about. So cool to hear from the tight ends, and tomorrow I know we'll get a chance to hear from some of the offensive linemen for Arkansas, the ones that uh, – are needing to get after it and some of the transfers, some of the new faces there, but definitely an important position as well as Cody Kennedy, the offensive line coach uh, as well. But since it's watch list season, we got to throw out another watch list, the Manning Award, which is presented by the All-State Sugar Bowl, announced its watch list today. And the list includes 33 of the top quarterbacks in the nation. And K.J. Jefferson has been listed as one of them. He should so, be. Yeah, top 33, which I guess – you're going through the entire college football landscape. It's roughly a quarter of all the quarterbacks that'll probably start this year in college football, FBS football at least. So he's in the he's in the mix, and uh, there's a lot of other ones too. And th- see any of them that were really surprising, but uh, definitely uh, worthy of having KJ Jefferson in that list. I was surprised. You know, actually, what I was surprised by, I keep thinking that Texas was going to have one of those quarterbacks listed in there, but at least Quinn Ewers, but he wasn't in there. I was, I was that a is shocked. a bit surprising. Least, uh, least but it is preseason, so maybe. Or if I just uh, keep reading and I'm not an idiot, I could see that Quinn Ewers actually is indeed okay. listed. So <laughs> I was about to say, I was like, that seems wrong that he's not in there. But no, he did get listed. Uh, but uh, it's going to be a great season. I'm really excited about it. 18 days away for Razorback football getting started up. And there's your Razor Hog update presented by True Service. We will take a top of the hour update when we come back. We'll get into Trigger Tuesday, talk about things that are bothering us in the world of sports, as well as more of your phone calls and text messages. So if you want in on the conversation, simple to do. 501-661-1037. Third hour of Out of Bounds coming your way next, so stay with us. River Valley Tractor, your leading Kubota dealer of Central Arkansas. River Valley Tractor is closer than you think. A company that cares for you is right around the corner. RiverValleyTractor.com. With five great locations to better serve you, visit River Valley Tractor in Bryant, Sherwood, Conway, Russellville, or Pine Bluff today, or find them at RiverValleyTractor.com. Work smarter, not harder, with River Valley Tractor. River Valley Tractor, 